for the second time, for the second time, live and in studio, in the man cave. Lightning has struck twice. <laughs> Don't say it can't strike twice. <laughs> I feel like the uh, the dude from the great outdoors, from that guy that kept getting struck by <laughs> kept getting struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kevin Watts. He's been struck by lightning 117 times. The guy with the gray streak in his hair. Yep. yep. Great movie. We're already sidetracked. What? No. How do we? Yeah, this is supposed to be about Labor Day. Well, I guess The Great Outdoors was sort of Labor Day time-ish. Yeah, it was uh, laborious to make it through without laughing. Ooh, like, like that. Uh, Labor Day weekend, folks. Labor Day's tomorrow. At least if you live in the United States. Which, why wouldn't you? America! Um, so we thought of a I think it's an interesting topic It is an interesting topic You deserve some credit for cranking out A couple of good ideas in a row After you know, I just got Way way down into the weeds And you know, kind of on this Weird theoretical tangent And you're like Why don't we talk about Detroit sports figures And it's like oh that, that was a much better idea And a lot easier to understand Yeah but in fairness your level of intellect could easily entertain some of those concepts you come up with. And we've all discussed several times on this podcast, my brain is small. One day, we'll make them happen. I need for this day. Yeah, I need simple stuff that I can talk about. Simple stuff for my simple brain, my simple memory. And this, this is actually a really simple topic, but it's layered nonetheless. Yeah, it's got a little twist to it, and, and I, I think that's what makes it work. So what we're going to do today in the next... 58 minutes or before we I don't know maybe we just take it to the 60 minute mark and then we do 60 on the back of this <laughs> do a two hour pod um, we're going to do Detroit sports it cannot be active correct it cannot be current players we're going to do all of the four uh, Detroit sports teams we're going to start with the Pistones we're going to move to the uh, Detroit Lions which I think they're getting the Thursday game this week, right? Yeah. Father-in-law was telling me. Uh, shout out to Dave Childs, number one Lions fan, 25 years, season ticket holder. Man's got uh, either a great heart or he is just a masochistic son of a gun. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, then we're going to go to the Tigers. And we're going to finish up with the Wings. Yeah, but tell them the twist, OC, because this is it's it's important because – you and your uh, creative side of your brain came up with a way to work in Labor Day. Exactly. So, yeah, so I appreciate the compliments. And I'm sitting close to you, so I might touch your leg every time you compliment there, me. There's a weird, like, static electricity. And I don't know if it's from the, the laundry or if there's something more. I, I'm not sure. That's called love. That's it. Um, <laughs> the, the twist is this. We're thinking Labor Day. Labor Day is an honor of people who work and work hard, apply their trade. Some of these people are kind of stepped on. They got to get up every day and, as the great America would say, put your big boy pants on. Um, and they, they, they plod forward. They work hard. And everybody has somebody in their lives, especially if you've ever played sports. Especially if you played sports. You knew the guy on your team who... He may not be the most talented dude in the locker room, but he was the hardest worker. And we're not talking about like some of those worthless awards that are actually kind of backwards, um, 
well, let's just call them critiques that are negative, like most improved player. It's like <laughs> the kid who's just horrible and like backhanded, <laughs> big backhanded compliments. Right? We're not talking something like that. We're talking legit, talented athletes who they made up for their lack of raw talent by being the hardest worker in the room. Does that? I mean, are we? Yeah, and I think. One of the things that made this topic so interesting but also so challenging is when you think of Detroit sports legends, like, even the biggest stars are almost always, like, the lunch pail kinds of guys. Yeah, know? that's fair. Like, the hardest workers, the best teammates, the humble, lead-by-example kinds of guys. And so you think of, like, you know, Alan Trammell, you think of Joe Dumars, you think of, like, Steve Eiserman or Barry Sanders, and it's like, they easily could have been in this discussion, but then, I, at least for me, I thought, well, those guys are all Hall of Famers, so it, it's a challenge to, like, try to stay away from the guys who actually got the recognition and try to focus more on the ones who didn't because, uh, you know, they their biggest thing was bringing their their lunch pail to work even if they didn't get the accolades but it's not to say that some of the biggest stars around here didn't do the same thing yeah it's an excellent point and it's weird because you know when i was trying to think through my picks i'm sure you had the same crisis that i did (laughs) which was like i did when you stole mine well (laughs) but we can we can uh, sandwich in that feller when we get to him <laughs> gladly <laughs> although that's going to be like two small pieces of white bread between like a four pound burger um, but uh, we've never had at least in our lifetimes we didn't have like you know the Wayne Gretzky you know we didn't have um, I don't know these these top of the line unanimously agreed upon best guys in any sport I think you could put Miggy in that category for uh, for a good five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah. But given that he is technically still a current active player, he is disqualified. Yeah, that's true. Even if point. he was a lunch pail guy. The point I'm trying to make is I've always felt kind of like how you feel. We're like, even our best guys, they were lunch pail guys. Yeah, for sure. They put your construction boots on, slug around in the mud, probably smelled like sawdust at some point in their lives. And... The thing that I've noticed, at least about all my picks, and I'm sure it's the same thing with yours, these are the guys that you have a son. I have two sons. Um, these are guys that you would want your son to be like. Yes. Hardworking, yes. humble, dedicated. Yep. You know, that's kind of what I feel like. A hard worker, you know, you, you look at, and we, we broaden this out to actual in honor of Labor Day. The amount of CEOs in this country are dwarfed by the amount of people that are on the assembly line. No doubt about it. Putting car parts together, making car parts for the American working man because... <laughs> that's who I am. And that's, that's who I, I care, care about. <laughs> Come on, Nona Zelensky, the Eurobarts king. Um, there are a lot more people out in the, uh, on the MDOT cruise slugging asphalt down on the ground in 95 degree heat than there are people up in the top level making decisions on the finances around that asphalt and yeah stuff. and it's not really those uh guys slugging asphalt it's not really their fault that that whole thing sucks and it's irritating MDOT? 
Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of orange barrels in Michigan. Dude, there's another one. A whole stretch of them down my street now. Okay. They I just mean, did it. Well, they are, what, are they redoing the sewer? I don't know. It's Dearborn for you. So, but anyways, that's the, um, that's the topic. And right off the bat, we're going Pistons because Kevin and I, although we do support all things, I mean, I'm looking at an autographed Ben Wallace jersey over your shoulder right now. Yes. And Big Ben, in my view, would have been a great choice for this exact topic, except he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's, he's a, he was a stud, too. Um, we're a little lighter on the Pistons' knowledge. Well, we, I think what makes it more difficult for the Pistons is you had, like, two kind of, like, huge eras of uh, greatness in Detroit. Yeah. You, you had the bad boys and uh, just immediately after back-to-back era, and then you had the early aughts era, and the problem is if you, if you go too far back, a lot of those guys, you know, Isaiah Thomas... Uh, Joe Dumars, like guys who, especially Joe D, I think would have been a great pick, but again, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I tried to focus on, um, I had sort of like some sub criteria in mind when I was making my pick. So I wanted career longevity had to be a factor, and especially career longevity in Detroit. Do we have the plastic cups right now? Where we can attach the string, plastic <laughs> cup from my brain oh. to your brain, because that was one of my criteria as well. Which was, I want guys who are who play for the team for yeah. a long time. Yeah. So toughness had to be in there somewhere toughness. somehow. Yeah. An unsung hero kind of glue guy would qualify you, yeah. or or you had to have like some kind of personality or it factor. Yeah. So those things were all kind of in it. But, when you turned on the eleven o'clock news, yeah. and they went to the sports um, part of the news. If they were getting a soundbite from somebody, it was coming from this dude. Yes. Yeah, that was yes. my criteria as well. Yeah. And so the older era, there were some there were some ones that I, I kicked around. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of the guys who might have qualified just didn't spend a ton of time in Detroit. Yeah. And so it, they spent a, some good years, but I just, it was hard for me to pick it in a large part because of those things. We had some guys who just got the accolades they deserved and guys who just weren't here super long. So that that made it a little bit tougher for me. So who's I, your piston? Who's your piston? So I went with and I breaking my own rules a little bit it's because, fine. on it's this fine. one. It's but fine. but I went with Chauncey Billups. And You I, know no, that's actually okay. So Yeah, that's that's fine. And here's the thing. Chauncey Billups eventually got recognized very consistently. He made, like, I think it was like six NBA All-Star teams. Right. Um, he got some of those sort of extraneous awards, you know, that you get at the end of the year for this and that. Um, had a long career in Detroit. I think he played a total of, I want to say it was seven seasons with the Pistons, bounced around a couple other teams, and ultimately ended his career because they brought him back in Detroit for his last year. Wasn't he on the coaching staff at some point? Well, or? now he's the head coach of the Trailblazers. Okay. But he, he's just like the, the kind of career NBA guy who's just – he's played for a lot of teams, but everywhere he went, everybody loved him because he was such a great leader. He was a great guy – to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game, right? Mr. Big Shot was yep. his, yeah. his nickname. And so 
as far as being the guy who can really like elevate his teammates, guy who was classy, you know, didn't have any issues, people looked up to him and worked his butt off to improve his own game and to help his teammates improve and ultimately become an NBA champion. All of that factored in me picking Chauncey. And here's the thing. As he, I think he got to Detroit in, I want to say it was 02, maybe 01. He was there two or three seasons before they won the title in 2004. He didn't make an all-star team until after that season. Yeah, that says a lot. You know? Yeah, that says a lot. You know, and, and so my, my Sheed, Rasheed yes, Wallace sir. from, uh, from the, the same the same squad. Yep. And to show you how relatable and how Detroit sports that particular team was, I would rather watch you take a box of 24 crayons and test each one on 24 different pieces of construction paper than watch basketball. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I, I all basketball? Just NBA? I, like I what? couldn't care less. When March Madness comes around, I am mad because my friends leave for like a month and I don't know where they're at and I don't get it. You know what I mean? I'm the outside looking in. My dad even gets into it. My brother in laws, all that stuff. My mother in law loses her mind for March Madness and then, you know, goes back into being a tired housewife for the rest of the year. Like I don't get it. Uh, my wife was a college basketball player, and in a very odd uh, way, the only reason I enjoyed watching her play basketball was because I enjoyed watching her compete. Okay. So that was the one way she could get me to go to her basketball games. Uh, my son played basketball for like two months for the YMCA. It, it was heck on wheels. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, I was like, I do not like basketball as a sport, but. In 2004, I was that guy. I hopped right on the bandwagon, <laughs> and I at least tuned in because yeah. those guys were so relatable. They, yes. they didn't come off as – to me, the NBA always represented like these debutante, privileged – ballers who just I'm walking around with my rings and you know they don't wear suits they got their own get-ups going like I like seeing you know in the NHL by example they're walking into the rink in suits they're at the press conference in suits the NBA obviously it's geared more towards like an urban audience and those guys are allowed to do whatever they want like the NBA in my brain is just Allen Iverson practice <laughs> you talk about practice like that skewed my view of the NBA when the Pistons were on and popping in like oh three oh four, I was like, "All right, like, all right, these are the kind of guys I can get behind." Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, Sheed, yep. all these dudes. I mean, like Tayshon Prince. Yep. The fact that I can actually name these guys should show you how relatable they were, and I think the whole of Detroit bit. Everybody loved that team. And everybody loved it because I'm not sure there there may be teams that are as Detroit as the 2004 Pistons, but it's hard to find one that's more Detroit. Oh, dude, when you can blend, when you can take you can take the Caucasian audience out in the burbs, bring them into the city with the urban community, and you put them into this environment where everybody is just like 
I mean, obviously they played at the Palace in Auburn Hills, but you would go to a bar in Detroit, and it was a rainbow coalition oh, yeah. of races, faces, ages, very similar to, like, the Wings in the late 90s, yep. where, I mean, not to get way too highbrow about this, which we do sometimes, but it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like when people act the way they do around Christmas. Yeah. And you kind of, you know, Christmas approaches, and every year I do the same thing, where I'm like, man, I wish people acted like this all the time. Yeah, that's fair. Sports do that with human beings. Yes. You know, having a flag to stand under, having a jersey to wear, a uniform that everyone else around you is wearing, regardless of your, like I said, age, yep. religion, creed, beliefs, like, teams do that. Sports do that. Competition does that. And that team in Detroit... I mean, the only thing I can feel like in my life that did that was like the wings back in the late nineties. Yeah, everybody was kind of there in it. I mean, to get me, Kevin, I, I can't be dramatic enough to get me to watch an <laughs> NBA game and actually be like, dude, I hope these guys win because like they're entertaining and they actually seem like they're they're there for the right reasons. Yeah, they were. They played great together, and that's why they won the title. They they beat the team that was full of the, you know, selfish all-stars who did not play well together as a team. Sometimes on sheer talent, Kobe and Shaq and Gary Payton and those guys could could take L.A. to a title. They won two in a row, I think, before that. But when they ran into the 04 squad from the D, they couldn't compete with the machine that those five guys wore together. If somebody wants to correct me in the Q&A... Or you do it in real time. I'm fully accepting this. Was the Detroit versus everybody thing later on with like the Lions or something? Or where did that come from? Uh, I don't remember. We're way too old to remember when things actually happen. We have to have a note, yeah. notes in front of us. Which, I, but like, I want to say that kind of came out of the recession time. But, but like, doesn't but, that but kind of? It it's was. like the Detroit versus everybody. It's like, totally ours. Okay, yeah. L.A. Dude, yeah. you can go buy these million dollar stars, but we're from Detroit. Yep. In Detroit. When we get at it, we get at it, man. And and L.A. recognized that later. You'll I just read an interview with Gary Payton talking about just that. He was like, when we saw how they all worked together, he was like, yeah, we knew we were going to win. It was like watching a different game. Yeah. They slowed it down. They kind of they weren't flashy. Yep. They were just gritty, man. And and to uh, to cap it off, and just to sort of prove both of our points, that era ended for good when they traded. Chauncey Billups for who? Allen Iverson. Oh, wow. One of the worst deals in Detroit sports history. You want a cool story? Yeah. I had a pair of uh, Allen Iverson sneakers. Well, let's let's be clear. Allen Iverson was very cool. Those, those, um, yeah, but I mean, you see me, like, in the flesh, right? I do. I do look you're, like... You're gleaming right now. Thank like, you. Yeah. Thank you. I... I put on some bronzer before I came in, <laughs> and I shaved my face uh, back in back in uh, June. So um, I had some AI those number three sneakers, like those high top things. Heck yeah! And I mean, they, they don't really belong on somebody who looks like they could audit their parents. You know what I mean? When they're in high school, but I don't know. I rocked them. I loved them. I, but he was that guy. Like I just that was my view of the NBA um, until I started watching that. 
020304 Pistons team. It's a great run. Yeah, it's really cool. Run. And I just do I have to <laughs> I have to mention this. I ripped this off the internet, so I'll just read it verbatim. Okay. Several months later, this is Rasheed Wallace. Several notable moments in the playoffs happened in the NBA. <laughs> After the second-round elimination of the Pacers, Rasheed Wallace played his best series of the postseason in the Eastern Conference Finals against the top-seeded Miami Heat. After falling behind in the series, he, quote, guaranteed success, shot 50% from the field and averaged 15 points per game in the series, uh, seven-game series. And from that was born the guaranteed. So to this day, even in a corporate environment, I do not say guaranteed. I say guaranteed. That is outstanding. Yeah, that's the kind of impact he had on me. Where even Stephanie is like, "Why do you say that?" <laughs> I go, "Don't <laughs> Why you, do you not say it?" Yeah, don't you remember when he was on the news? Like, I remember like, you know, very vividly Detroit sports. You know, two, four, and seven microphones in his face. I guarantee. I guarantee. I, I, I guarantee we're gonna win that game. Yep. I guarantee it. And of course they did. And he backed it up. It's awesome. He and his teammates pulled it off. Pistone is done. Cool. Great picks. Kind of cool that we're that same team, you know, yeah. same era. Yeah. Again. Worked out well. Plastic cup. Oh. String. Plastic cup <laughs> to the brain. Uh, okay, so let's go Lions. Los Leones. I'm going to personalize this. This yep. was a very easy choice for me. Extreme, the easiest of the bunch. Dare I say the easiest of the bunch. I am going to shout out. Let's get our notes at the same time. Yes, hold on, hold, hold on. on. Okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> these stats are not correct. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I looked this up on. Let's just be clear. None of this is true. <laughs> I, I looked. I looked this up on NFL.com. I've met this individual. You've met this individual. This is so wrong. Six one two forty seven. He may have been six one in like twelfth grade. He's, but by the time he got done bashing people with his head for the next ten years, he was like five ten. And two forty seven. Mm, eh, probably not that big. No. no, no. But I will. His nickname's the Anvil. Yes. Which is so fitting. Very fitting. 1995 to 2006. He signed a contract with Miami in 2007, but he never played. So here's part of our criteria. Played his whole career with the Lions. Okay. Yeah. Talking about course lesson here. Yep. And the way I'll personalize this is uh, one day I was at the Gime. Oh, the Gime. And in walks, I can't say what I want to say. Because it'll be horribly distasteful. <laughs> Why would that be unusual? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're recording right now, so I can't be as distasteful as I am usually. I don't know how to put this. Um, at some point in evolution, uh, we spliced off or we, we, we became a different type of species, I guess. But I do believe that there are Cro-Magnon that walk amongst us whether it's been proved to me in a weight room or in a locker room or in a retail setting 
I'm like, this person cannot be fully <laughs> developed uh, in terms of brain capabilities. But Corey Schlesinger, if you hear this, sir, don't ever punch me in the face because you will murder me. Yeah, you're, you're, you're taking your life in your own hands here, man. He doesn't look like the rest of us. He looks <laughs> like he is built from a different species. His features are so solid, so huge, so violent, so scary. The first time I saw him, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I walk over and I see this dude whose fingers look like hot dogs, forearms look like my quads, his neck had no beginning and no end. There was no neck. It was just over like the back of his head. Yeah. He looked like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with a tapered waist. <laughs> and to show you how jacked he was, it was like your level of jacked in college where you didn't even wear tight clothes and you were like, wow, that guy's huge. Me, I have to wear like at least a children's medium for you to see any type of muscular development on my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Schlesinger, in person, is one of the most intimidating human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. Corey Schlesinger. So, can I tell you my Corey Schlesinger story? Well, let me finish mine really quick. Oh. It took two weeks, but I eventually finally went up to okay. him. And I was like, oh. I go, hey, uh, Mr. Schlesinger? And he, like, looked over at me, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm about to get eaten. <laughs> I go, hey, um, I really appreciate what you did for us, the fans. Like, sticking it out here and giving us something to watch on Sundays. And dude, he goes, hey, man, that means a lot. Thanks. And I go... Um, do you remember when you were on the Beatles? And I didn't know what to say. I was, just waiting. I, was I was so expecting him to be like to just to grunt at me or something. Swat you <laughs> like, and and he was so sincere and so kind. And then he took a lap around the gym, and then he came back and he goes, "Hey, you know, I see you in here at the same time." I'm in. He's like, "If you ever need a spot or anything, let me know." Wow. Well, I mean, that explains why he's, like, a CAD teacher at Allen Park High School and still, you know, like, deals with kids and is nice to them and everything. But I could not the, – the temperament did not match the intimidating body Yes. that I was seeing and speaking to. And I did shake his hand, and he did bruise my upper forearm <laughs> with the tip of his middle finger I dug into my fork. His hands were about four times the size of my hand. I looked like that skit on SNL. With Kristen Wiig, <laughs> like the, the fake little hands that come up. That's how big his hands were compared to mine. Freaking lunchboxes. Which is crazy for somebody who's just not that tall. No, he's just... He's just, not short. I'm not kidding you. But he's not tall. And I don't want this to be... Um, my hands are all over the place because I'm scared right now. He's going to hear it. But he doesn't look... He doesn't look like us. He's just... He's so... <laughs> he's so scary and big and like just... I can't, we don't share, he and I, we don't have the same, like, genetics. <laughs> we are not the same human being. Like, you can't take this frame and then, like, put it on Corey Schlesinger. Right. It doesn't work. Right. Like, his bones were, remember when Arnold would always talk about, it's no, it's all hard work, you know, my body is, uh, my bones are just the same size as everyone else's. It's like, no, dude. <laughs> nah. Not really. really. Like, you're the Austrian oak. You do have some advantages genetically. Schlesinger in person, uh, the forearms. Not that that my quads are anything to be proud of. Well, but his forearms. Come on. Yeah. Well, he was a ramrod with muscles. He was 
Ram Man from Masters of the Universe. Yeah, pretty much. But in, I mean, he's got, what, a record, the most obscure record in NFL history. He broke, like, four helmets or something. Yeah, that's the legend. Yeah. I believe it. Well, I had the, uh, my family and I had the very distinct honor and privilege of going to one of those Detroit Lions Kids Day things. So you go down to Ford Field... And the kids get to do drills on the field yeah. and, you know, punt, pass, and kick kind of deal, you know, hit the tackling dummies and blocking sled, all that stuff. And some of the Lions were there kind of running it um, or helping run some of the drills. You had Jason Hansen, you had Lomas Brown, Herman Moore. Herman Moore, he's our man. Throws the refs in the garbage can. Shout out to my <laughs> Uncle Mike who made that up. <laughs> Herman Moore, he's our man. Throws the super nice can. guy. Actually, yep. all of them super nice. And... Corey Schlesinger. My goodness. So I'm there wearing a certain t-shirt that a certain somebody had made for me. My Dearborn High football t-shirt with Harvester of Sorrow on the back. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I'm walking with uh, my wife Irene and I. The kids, Thomas and Izzy, are doing their drills. They're running around. and So we're just wandering around on the field. You know, just kind of taking pictures yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And uh, <laughs> I hear this shout from the other side of the field hey hey and i was like uh i look up he goes you from dearborn (laughs) i was like uh yeah yes he like comes towards us i'm like oh oh i can't tackle this guy what's gonna happen he's like i still live in dearborn how you doing? And like he was so excited. What a good dude, man! Just to see that we were from Dearborn and we were there, and like he was chatting us up. He was awesome. I would have, dude. I would, I would have thrown Stephanie in the direction of him and ran to the car. Yep, yep. That's so funny. Yeah, I we're, thought you were gonna say, "Did you work out at the racket club?" Uh-huh. You didn't clean your beds last Saturday. Yeah, hi. <laughs> You ever heard of a spray bottle and a towel? <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so good dude. Great pick. I think he fits the bill. So, he was so nice. He st- is so nice. I I just hope he doesn't find me for saying he doesn't look like a yeah, it was, it was Kevin O'Callaghan who was saying those things. <laughs> Kevin Watts. Not Kevin Watts. <laughs> so my Lions pick, uh, very controversial pick, I would say, in some ways. Uh, not a flashy guy. Okay. Not an all pro. Never going to make the Hall of Fame. But as far as our criteria, I think he fits the bill. Mr. Jeff Backus. Oh, yeah, okay. So career longevity 12 NFL seasons, all with the Lions. Which is like 32 seasons in any other professional sport. Yeah. Bef- before that, he was. Uh, a starter on not only the 97 uh, Michigan National Championship team, also the 2000 Orange Bowl champion team with Tom Brady. So if you combine his college and pro careers, 236 consecutive games he played in. In the NFL, 187 consecutive starts. Including an honest to God playoff game, <laughs> one. yeah, one, right? <laughs> but and if not for uh, an injury he had his last season that came before the Thanksgiving Day game, if they hadn't played on that Thursday, the streak would have been even longer. So the true Iron Man. I mean, that is that is durability. It's a team record. I doubt anybody will ever break that. Um, 
he's my kind of unsung hero guy because, uh, well, first of all, before I get to that, Bacchus has that very uh, all-too-Detroit sports fan kind of thing going for him where <laughs> I recall at the Racket Club hearing discussion after discussion in the locker room about how the Tigers needed to get rid of Jim Leland because, you know, geez, they'd only made it to two World Series and like four uh, championship games, um, American League championship games, basically won their division like 75% of the time he was Mm -hmm. here. But that wasn't good enough for like the 97 one, the ticket, mouth-breathing, smarty trolls. Yeah. And so those same people who called for Jim Leland's head and ultimately got it, congrats. Tigers have been basically terrible ever since. They've done really well since. They always wanted to get rid of Jeff Backus. And so eventually, after 12 seasons of service, he retires. And guess what's happened since then? The Lions have started what, 17 different guys that left tackle <laughs> since then? Never found a guy that could yeah. you know, hold it down for right. that many seasons. Right, it's just a revolving door. So Remember like, the many conversations you and I used to have with, uh, if there are any children under the age of eight listening, plug your ears. <laughs> the S word. Not the bad S word, but the suck word. Oh, yeah. The suck word. Oh, yeah. Um, totally acceptable in our house, by the way. Sorry. Yes. Sorry, Grandma and Papa. Our kids say suck. Uh, <laughs> suck, 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 suck. <laughs> Um, you and I, our skin crawls when we hear, so-and-so sucks. Oh, it's the worst. I, my soul leaves my body when I hear someone say, yeah, yeah, that guy clearly sucks. He's a professional athlete. He's literally, literally one of the best people in the history of the planet at his job. So there are uh, a few billion people on the planet. Correct? Yep. How many of them play in the NHL? Uh, How many of them play in Major League Baseball? Yeah. I mean, How many of them play in the NBA? How many play in the NFL? If you took every professional athlete in every sport at any given moment, it is an infinitesimal fraction of the human population. To hear Earth. somebody, some idiot who works at a grocery store pulling carts yeah. into a grocery store say... So-and-so sucks. Uh, no, sir, I hate to break it to you. You suck. <laughs> yeah, you know something? You suck. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, um, you are very self-limiting if you call somebody sucky and yeah. they play a pro sport. Yes. You can say, by example, I don't um, Matthew Stafford hasn't won a championship in Detroit. That's a fact. Fact. Okay, that's, that's, that's more than acceptable. Yes, you cannot say well, Matthew Stafford sucks. Uh, no. no, he has a job that thirty-one other people in the world have. Yeah, not in the city, not in the state of Michigan, not in no, in the world. Yes, yep. So to say Jeff Backus sucks, clearly not the case. And if he, frankly, if he did, he yeah. wouldn't have played that long. I hate that so. Much, Kevin. Oh, now, I really quickly, yes, because I know we got we got to cover our other categories here. But well, my tiger is just going to be a very personal anecdote. It's going to be two seconds. Well, let me give you my Jeff Backus anecdote. Okay, tell you why he is my personal unsung hero. It has nothing to do with uh, Michigan, right? Actually, it does. Okay, slightly. 
if you've ever boarded an airplane and your seat is in like row triple Z 197F, which mine usually is. Yeah, I mean, C36 or something. You know the feeling of there's no way my overhead bin is going to be available by the time I get to Yeah, you're going to check the bag. You're going to get stuck checking the bag. Which I refuse to do. So do I. I'll sit on my bag. Yes. Yes. And I always carry two carry-ons because I refuse to check my bag. And one is supplements. (laughs) <laughs> and one's dumbbells <laughs> one's free weights <laughs> so and by the way you don't need both bags going up top you put no, one, under one underneath the seat in front of you yes yes don't yes, be a jerk yes okay so etiquette yes plain etiquette so I need to get rid of one of these bags and I'm panicking because I don't know what I'm gonna do you can just tell like they're starting to gunk 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 yes, they're starting to close yes, yes so I look up because I'm stuck at the front of the plane in that ridiculous cattle call line the anxiety line yeah i call it yeah and so i'm in the front of the plane in first class and i look up at the bin and i'm like oh man there's like three open slots like oh, no man. problem yeah. and i'm like well i'll ask maybe they're cool that i look down and i'm like uh, i see this giant dude sitting there i'm like hey man do you mind if i uh use one of the overhead bin slots it looks like you know they're filling up back there he's like yeah no problem so i put my bag up there i look down and i go go blue he's like go blue it was Jeff Backus. Dear Lord. Let me use his overhead bin slot. Yeah, he deserves a slot on this. Uh, yep. He deserves a spot on this <laughs> list now because of that. Save my bacon. That's solid, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I get away with stuff like that, though, because people think that I have like some type of terminal illness when they see me. <laughs> Excuse me, can I have some of that sandwich? They're like, son, you have not eaten weeks, have you? <laughs> <laughs> just, just give him my seat. <laughs> just give him just my, give my seat. seat. This is last plane ride. <laughs> so, great picks. Going to the Tigers. This is more of your wheelhouse. All right. Um, you are a, you're a giant Tigers fan, especially retro Tigers, dude. Like you've got some really cool retro Tigers stuff in the man cave. Thanks, man. That, uh, that entire shelf, I've always admired that where you have like the, the beer cans or whatever of the, those are Coke cans. Are they Coke cans? Yeah. You could have said beer and make make it sound cooler on the podcast. Well, there's plenty of beer cans in here as you can see. But you have like this entire (laughs) section of really cool Tigers stuff. Yes. And I've always admired the fact that, um, you know, outside of your artistic endeavors and your handsome looks, you're also very broadly applicable to different sports. And you do a very good job of balancing the man cave. Well, I like to make sure everybody's represented. That is true. We, this is like the DEI man cave of Detroit sports. Yep. Everybody's included. Everybody's welcome in here. I was very, I mean, so as a kid, teenager, young adult, Pre chi- children, Kevin O'Callaghan. I, I, I mean, outside of the Pistons, I still followed all the sports. Yeah. You know, just because I'm a dude and you're not going to do well as a dude in some of the spaces that you and I occupy, if you're not at least like somewhat caught up on what's going on in sports. Yeah. It's, it's sort of a, it's just a prerequisite for functioning in normal society. Yeah. For like, for just general dudeness. Yeah. You know, you gotta know I don't know, like by example on the Tigers. You gotta know four or five of the Tigers every year. Oh yeah. You gotta know maybe ten of the Lions every year. You gotta know three, four, or five of the Pistons. You gotta know another, I don't know, eight or nine Red Wings. You just these are certain things that you need to know. You need to know the quarterback of each one of the major universities that's playing college football. 
the, the top wide receiver, the best defensive player. These are all things that they're unwritten rules as being a dude. So that was kind of my, my Tigers and Pistons fandom okay. my entire life. Uh, did I go to a Tigers and a Pistons game probably every year? Eh, most years. Um, went to countless Lions games and Red Wings games. But the Tigers, from 95 to 05, they had a guy in the squad who I followed only because of an incident that took place at a Detroit Red Wings game that if you ever run into the great American and ask him this story, <laughs> he will completely fact check this and verify it. All right. All right. So I'm back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, the great American <laughs> worked his stones off. Okay. Before his job kind of leveled out, he did a lot of like overtime. At yeah. some point they switched him from non-exempt to exempt and you know, he stopped doing the whole like overtime bit and it makes more sense just the amount of hours he's working to put him on salary. Like, yeah. sorry, I'm a cop professional. Um, back in the day, my dad just like, Oh, there's a, Opportunity to work overtime. Karen, I won't be home till Thursday. John, it's Sunday. Karen, do you want these children to eat? Or, like, what do you want to do here? So my dad would just work, I mean, 60, 70. You know how people tell, I work 40 hours a week. I feel My dad's like, I worked 40 hours by Wednesday. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? So he worked his butt off. But my dad, not everyone's uh, fortunate to have a good dad. True. Not everyone has a dad. Yep. Right? Accurate. Very few of us have, like, excellent dads. My dad is, was an excellent dad. Because no matter what he had to do, if he had to kill people, so I'm pretty sure he's done. <laughs> he was there for our stuff. And when he had an opportunity to do something special with us, he'd do it. So some years ago, 95, 96, something like that, um, comes home from one of his many, like, benders of work. Hey, uh, Karen, I got a couple of Red Wings tickets. Take Junior back again. Hey, Junior. I'm like, oh, no. What did, <laughs> what did I, I not put away? <laughs> what did I leave out? <laughs> or like, what did I call my sister? <laughs> hey, you want to go to the hockey game tonight? I go, uh, like the Red Wings? Yeah, the Red Wings. Like, oh, wait, hold on. There it is. It's the Homer clock. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. Um, it's not accurate, though. Who cares? It's so awesome. Yeah, so, so the old the old man. Um, Red Wings. Going to Red Wings game. So I go, yeah, dude. I didn't call my dad, dude. And I said, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you, Dad, so much for the opportunity. What do I have to do to earn this? Yeah, what's get the, in the car and shut up. What's the cash? We're listening to Rush Limbaugh on the way to the game. So shut up. So, <laughs> that was your penance. <laughs> we, we, pe- we, my dad used to do this. Total. You wonder where I get some of my frugal behavior from, rather than pay for parking. My dad would park at the Edison building. Oh, boy. Which was like four miles from Joe Lewis. Wow. And then we would walk through the hood. Oh, yeah. To, like, get to the Red Wings game. So, I get to the Red Wings game. We're watching, you know, we out, end of second period or something like that. You hungry? I'm like, uh, yeah, I haven't eaten since, like, 2 o'clock. It's now, like, 8.30 at night. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a piece of pizza. So, we remember those kiosks inside yeah. Joe Lewis with the just yep. crazy bread and pizza? Yep. You either get a slice or they give you that large pizza that 
by the time you walked back to your seats, it had greased through the cardboard thing that they yep. So now you're just balancing this, like, slush of pizza in your hands. But it was so good. I go, Dad, I want a slice of pizza. All right. Yeah, yeah. You got to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. But the old man's going to stand in line here. So I walk over to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Remember the big porcelain oh, yeah. toilets that you'd pee into yep, at the, the trough? Yeah, like pee. I come out. My dad's, like, ticket 59 of the people waiting in line. So I look over, and I see Bobby Higginson. And he's just standing there, eating a hot dog, off to the side of where the Little Caesars kiosk is at. Yeah. Standing on there with some smoke shoe. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> and he's just standing there. It's 95 or 96, so he's new to the team. No one's talking to him. And I'm with it enough at that age where I'm like, I mean, immediately, I could recognize every Tiger Lion yeah. piston. Like, you remember being a little boy and just oh, yeah. so dialed in. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, that's Bobby Higgins. And so I'm at a Red Wings game. I have my Red Wings jersey on, my Federoff jersey. I have my Red Wings Stata hat. Ooh. Red Wings Stata hat signed by Karen Newman. <laughs> kind of like having a samurai sword signed by signed Randy by Jackson. Randy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but I have my, my starter cap signed by Karen Newman. And I go over and I'm like, hey! Hey, he's like, hey, bud, how you doing? And I go, you're, you're Bobby Higginson. He's like, yeah, yeah. I go, you play for the Tigers. Yeah, I do. <laughs> he's like, your dad bring you down here. Yeah. <laughs> so then I go on to tell him like my life story. That doesn't sound like something you would do at all. Not at all. I'm not Wait, a chatty cat. Did you talk to him for a long time and then get off topic and keep going and going? Hey, what holds our relationship together? Right? It's, it's the entertainment factor, right? You never know what you're getting. I'm all over the place. I'm a sparrow. I see something in the sky. I see something in the sky. That leaf, this leaf, that leaf. So I talked to him for like 15 minutes. Too. Total like the kid from uh, Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Does this fan have four-wheel drive? Yeah, yeah. Is this an analog brakes? Jeez, kids, I don't know. So I'm talking for the entire time. My dad's in line for it. So – my dad's so irritated at this point because he had to wait to get something for oh, me. Oh, yeah. My dad would have been fine not eating. Just having – he just lived on coffee like in the 90s. <laughs> right. So he had – the fact that he had to waste his time getting me something to eat, he's so irritated. He walks over. Hey, Junior, can we get back to our seats? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Mr. Higginson, nice to see you. Get back to my seats, the old man. There was that. Because my dad at this point in his life, it's just – it's work and like church. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I go, that's Bobby Higginson. Yeah. He plays for the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> I go, he's like a professional major league baseball player. He's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, I can't believe that they're not putting Federoff out there right now. It completely dismisses it. So finally, like, I don't know, a couple of days later, I ask him, I'm like, Dad, I mean, that was pretty cool that I met Bobby Higginson or whatever. You know, he goes, I thought I was like one of your coaches from hockey or something like that. My dad was like watching in line the entire time. Me talk to this adult. Right, right. This, like, random adult. Right. I'm trying to think of this as a dad now where I'd be like, oh, uh, who is my child talking yeah, like, to? Get away from him. <laughs> I'm there for 15 minutes talking to Bobby Higginson. That couldn't have been any nicer. So cool. Such a hard worker for the Detroit Tigers. Played his entire career there. Never played on a winning team. Never did. Never played on a winning team. Um, total under, you know, an underachiever in terms of, like, baseball analytics. But always came up in like clutch periods of time when that team was just horrible. Yes. If anything good came out of that team, it was Bobby Higginson related. He's another one where towards the end of his career, 
you know, by the end of his career, I'm in high school. And we got the Detroit sports fans. Can we cut Bobby Higginson? Of course. He sucks. He's awful. And you're just like, no, like this guy deserves like the Nobel Peace Prize for staying with his team for that long, having any shred of talent and not being like, I'm out of here. So that's my guy. That's my Higginson. All right. Let me give you a quick Bobby Higginson story and then I'll give you my pick. My buddy Dan Balistrieri, shout out to Dan. Shout out. And his lovely wife, Mary. Shout out. Were in Vegas for uh, just a pre-kids getaway kind of thing. Yeah. This was probably in like 2003, something like that. Okay. Near the end of Bobby Higginson's career. But he was still very much a prominent fixture of the Tigers at the time. And uh, so they're hanging out in Vegas at the you know pool bar or mm-hmm. whatever. And um, they order their drinks and they look over and it was Bobby Higginson with his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And so, you know, my buddy Dan introduces himself and, hey, you know, we're from Detroit, big Tigers fans. You know, it's so cool to meet you. Said that Bobby Higginson talked to them for like an hour. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not making it up. Bought them round after round of beers. And you know what he said? I talked to Kevin O'Callaghan, you know. (laughs) He told me to do it. (laughs) Bobby Higginson said... Well, I appreciate you guys basically paying my salary all these years, so I'll, I'll, the rounds are on me. All right, can we stop the podcast? Right? We like, need to seek Bobby Higginson out and just give him a Just such a good a thing to do, right? That's awesome, That's man. the kind of thing that Detroit sports icons Very, do. I mean, so not to uh, – my, my intern pulled some notes as well. Do you know that when he retired, do you know what he did? Mm-hmm. He took a four-page advertisement out in both the free press and the uh, Detroit News – Thanking the fans of the Yeah, track. see, I love that stuff. I love it. I almost cried when I read that. That's what awesome. A, what, a, what a mensch. Mensch. Yes. Needs to be used more. Great It's word. a great term. So my Tigers, for this, for this pick. Now, you know my Tigers. Hottest tram. worker. You know my Tigers tram. But tram cannot make this list. No, he's just a stud he's, all-star. He's a Hall of Fame. Yep. So Coach. Can't, broadcaster. You can't, you can't pick him. Who I could pick, however... Is Mr. Tom Brookins. Okay. Career longevity. Like nine and a half full seasons with the Tigers. Played two more seasons on top of that. One with Cleveland, one with the Yankees. World Series champion in 1984. Played 113 games that year. But here's the thing. He was primarily a third baseman. Okay. Over a thousand career games at third base. But over a hundred games at shortstop and over 100 games at second base. You know, anything about baseball, those are radically different infield positions. Yeah. Different responsibilities, different skill sets. crucial positions, too. Yeah, critical positions. So he could do all those. In fact, by the end of his Tigers career, he had played every position except for left field and pitcher. I distinctly remember the game in 1985. The Tigers were going to extra innings, and they were out of catchers. I think Lance Parrish was hurt, like... Bob Melvin or whoever had already gotten pinch hit for. Marty Castillo, same thing. Tom Brookins had to go catch. He had not caught ever in his professional career. He hadn't like even tried it since like high school. Threw on the tools of ignorance, caught innings 11 through 15. Tigers won it next inning. I always feel so inadequate as a man when I hear these stories of like athletes who they're just such good athletes yes. that they, they are like so malleable. 
and they yeah. can do anything on the field. Dude, if, if you can fill in for Tram or Lou in a pinch and steal home because he was that good an athlete and catch, I mean, that's just... That's awesome. And that, that was sort of legendary in my household. Like, my mom, Tom Brookins was sort of my mom's hall pass, if we're being honest. Okay. Um, but that was legendary, the fact that Tom Brookins came in and caught. It was huge. Now, a couple of quick things about his uh, it factor. Uh, number one, he had a twin brother who also played professional baseball. Why not? And as legend has it, they actually switched identities a couple times in spring training and played for different teams. JCVD double impact style? Yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome. I'm not sure which one wore the black silk underwears. <laughs> <laughs> I love JCVD so. So, the second thing. And this, do not challenge me. Do not challenge me. Do, do not, not challenge, challenge Tom Brookins on this thing, okay. my friend. You can look up 80s baseball player. And you can look up mustache in the dictionary. Under both definitions will be a picture of Tom Brookins. Good stash, huh? May I show you a picture? Yes, I'd like to see it. Need I say more? It's like I'm looking into the face of Jesus. With a tiger's hat, yes. It's beautiful. Absolutely legendary. Sparky Anderson had a no facial hair rule when Tom Brookins got called up for the first time. So he had to shave his mustache for the team photo. Very shortly after that, Sparky rescinded the rule, grew it back, still has it to this day. Mr. Burns had a no sideburns. Right? <laughs> That's all I could think of when I read that. I was like... Hey, shave those sideburns! <laughs> Thought I told you to shave those sideburns. Yeah, I still like him better than Steinbrenner. <laughs> I th- just a quick side note. It's hysterical to me that Sparky Anderson thought that it was like completely inappropriate and indefensible to have facial hair yet it was okay for him to sit in the dugout and smoke, smoke a pipe yeah, during yeah. a baseball yeah, game awesome. <laughs> but that was the 80s the 80s were that kind of era and you know that was a time when you could smoke a pipe and you could have an amazing mustache and not be a hipster Dude, that was a time when, like, athletes could smoke a pipe in the dugout and so go out and not breathe hard running around the bases. Yep. No mm. nutritionists. No. No sports therapy. No cryo tanks. No weightlifting. They were just better men. Men were men. Women were very happy about it. Yes. Tom Brookins, my tiger for that. We got five minutes left. Dude. But this ain't going to take long. Nope. This one's going to take... A minute or two, because everybody that listens to this podcast is going to know Chris Draper. Yep. Chris Draper is my Red Wing as the hardest worker in the room. 17 season was with the Wings, traded to the Red Wings for a dollar from the Winnipeg Jets. Right. (laughs) Talked about Schlesinger's stats. I've met Draper several times, including at Mario's in Detroit restaurant. He's like (laughs) 5'4". He is not... 5'10", 188. He's legit like the size of this chair, but he's the scrappiest. He embodies like everything about that era of Detroit Red Wing where every year it seemed like they just got their comeuppance from somebody. Somebody dished out something horrible to them, and they just kept coming. Like they just kept coming back. It was a 12-round heavyweight boxing match 
where every round the dudes get knocked down. I ain't done yet. And Chris Draper's standing <laughs> up, no smashed face and everything, coming back. I enjoyed watching number 33 on those 90s, early aughts, mid-aughts Red Wings teams more than most guys with much more talent than him. Absolutely fantastic. That's all I'm going to say about him. He's a stud. He's it hit. It could have been. It could have been Malpy. It could have been yes. Draper. It could have been Osgood. And I'm sorry. I don't think Osgood's going to get in the Hall of Fame. So that, that I, is, I that is a crime, right? But, so yes. I. By the way, he lived down the street for a while when I was in downtown. Yes, I remember the stories. Yes. I, now I'm jealous all over. I said hi to him while he was mowing his lawn. I remember time. that story. Yep. Oh, so who's, who's your win? My pick. Same teams, same era, uh, and forever linked to Chris Draper because he got some payback on behalf of his boy. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Deserves it. Mine's Darren McCarty. Yeah. 16 seasons approximately in the NHL, like 13 of them with Detroit. Non-consecutive occasions because he's a wing, he's practically out of hockey, you know, playing in beer, beer leagues, leagues, like glorified yep. beer Remember leagues. Remember it vividly. Right? Yep. They bring him back. They want some grit. He goes down to Grand Rapids, gets a little, you know, spit and shoe polish. Earns his way back. Comes back. Scores a huge goal first game back. Yep. I mean, the guy was just an absolute Energizer Bunny. He just, he, he was like, if the Energizer Bunny was like Rasputin, that was Darren McCarty. Like, you just couldn't stop so him. many memorable moments assigned to one guy in an era yeah i mean huge goal after huge goal he 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 never even had to score a single goal and he would be on this list just for fight night he was like, awesome like i mean the the avs game his interviews his locker room interviews <laughs> memorable and he's not done he's done with hockey but you know what he's doing these days right he has a youtube channel i know that He's a professional wrestler. Is he? My boy Nick Marco. Shout out to Nick Marco. It's just that uh, he does advertisements for those. There's like that laser therapy place. It's kind of getting big. Yeah. My, my buddy Nick swears by it, but he's coming out of the place, runs into Darren McCarty in the parking lot. And he was like, hey, man, like, I'm here because I, I heard your commercials. So that Darren McCarty's swearing up and down about the place. Like, it's like, you know, made a huge difference for him. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. I got a couple of broken ribs. <laughs> my buddy Nick's like, oh, man, like, what happened? He's like, oh, I was wrestling. I'm pretty sure it was the clip I saw when he got thrown through a table in a professional wrestling match, like, two months ago. Guy's like, 51, whatever, I'll be a professional wrestler. He now. reminds me of one of those guys that my dad has a saying, and it's not his original thought, but it's, they're a lot more old, uh, they're a lot more, old cigarette smokers than there are old doctors. <laughs> it's like he's just one of those guys, like his insides are so pickled from hard living that he's probably going to live to be 95 years old. Just won't stop. He's, he's got a little Terminator in him. So Darren McCarty is my pick. I think that team, man, like that era of teams, you could have picked practically the whole team. Mar- Martin Lapointe, <laughs> you could have picked. Uh, I know that, that uh, Stephanie's boy wouldn't make the list. Just because she irrationally hates Larry Murphy. But. Whatever, dude. Murphy was a good <laughs> hockey player. So, yeah, yeah, he was. Hey, man, in person. Second time. Always feels so much better in person. It does. It you does. always smell the same. Thanks, man. You smell like dreams. 
and uh, Westbourne Market. I uh, I was picking some produce mm, earlier. I love yeah. Westbourne. So, some fresh thyme. In honor of Labor Day, hardest working Detroit's sports athletes. We covered all four teams, eight individuals. Guys, Q and A. Leave comments. Did we get it right? Did we forget anybody? If you like this topic, share with your friends. We've got 10 seconds left. And if you have any bright ideas, ideas, as my boy would say, send those our way. Got to go. Four, three, two. Peace.